Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves. It's what our moms tell people when their friends can't figure out how to get the Super Bowl on, so they call us instead. I'm your host, Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way. If we're lucky. Or a, a, a bowl or two along the way because of the Super Bowl. We could we could have a bowl, you know? I feel like it would be at least, if it's a Super Bowl, it would be worth at least like one, one and a half regular bowls, maybe even two. So that's within... Two regular within bowls? Within the bounds. Well, I'm not saying Ooh. it is. I'm saying that's like the, the ceiling and, and it's still mm. within the bounds, you know? Of, so of within our... two bowls would be allowed... Without right. in, infringing on the copyright that is the Super Bowl. Well, because you said a bowl or two, and I'm saying a Super Bowl is bigger than right. just a bowl, but it's not bigger than two, right? So it's so it's okay. It's still that, within yes. the balance, you know? No, that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. And you know what's also fair is the 116 people right now watching us instead of the Super Bowl. That's pretty crazy. I feel like the NFL is gonna see this, and they're gonna—they're either gonna come after us, like cease and desist, you know, get these people away mm-hmm. from here, get them on the Super Bowl, or yeah. they're gonna bring us onto the Super Bowl to be like commentators because they see all these people watching us. They're like, hey, let's let's you know get these people. That's a great idea. I think actually we could do really good Super Bowl commentary. We'd just be like, and uh, the guy in the in the white and red. Uh, has yeah. grabbed the ball and he's running. Uh, I don't know which direction that is, but he's running with it. Oh, and the guy jumped on him. That's pretty much <laughs> yeah. most of of football anyway, right? I feel like that's. I, I mean, you get the point across. You don't need to know who the people yeah. are. You don't have to know what what lines they're going on, or I don't know what the words are. Just you get the I mean, idea. They're labeled. We don't need to tell them that. It says it on the line. I mean, yeah, like, exactly. come on. It's like spoon feeding. Like they literally, it's there's the quarterback and he throws the ball to the nickelback and then they uh-huh. run and then everyone else tries to to jump on him and and give him a wedgie, I think. And then where that ball lands, that's where they start the next ball. And then they do and then they do it all over again until somebody gets Yahtzee. And then they start over again, and hopefully they go the other direction. Maybe sometimes, because sometimes on one direction is one team's color, and on the other direction is the other team's color, and each team wants to get to the other team's color so that they can sign their guest book. I'm not, I'm not sure if that's how football works, but but I but I think no, I think that's just like a more interesting version of football. Like I rather watch that version, you know. I agree. I just want to hear them say Yahtzee. Yeah, That's I want to see them like they're like, all right, the, they blow the whistle. We're stopping the play. Right. Bring the dice out. Let's bring the dice out. We're gonna, we're gonna, yes. we're gonna roll the dice in the middle of the football field. I want to see that. That's a great point, actually. Why are there no major league sports with dice? This is an untapped market. That's true. See, I feel like a little bit. You should be allowed to have a little bit of random chance in your in your sports right. game. Right. Yeah, I think you should be allowed to have a little bit of dice at, at sports yeah, for sure. I think so. 
All right, we've done the we've done the 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 prerequisite joking about the Super Bowl and the sport ball and the regular bowl. We, you know, ha ha. Good job, Noah. High five. Nice, good work. High five. Very nice. Good Super Bowl mention at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> we got to talk about the big one here. Okay. And yeah, we don't have it on today. But here it is, Vision Pro, which honestly would be a pretty great way to watch the Super Bowl, if you ask me. That's true. If you want nice to, big screen, which I don't. Yeah. But the question that I have for you, Noah, mm-hmm. is I need you to explain your current mindset because I know last week we made a breakthrough, right? Last week you were coming off of your initial skepticism and you were, you were getting pretty excited. You were like, okay. This is pretty cool. This is pretty impressive. I'm getting more excited. Where are you at right now, this very second? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna open mine. I have mine right here. I have the. Oh, he's got the case. I'm gonna open it. Hell up. yeah! And there is nice question in the chat from the Chen who says, Noah, how's the Vision Pro treating you since getting properly fit with lenses? It's a great question because also speakers. Week, and the speak okay yes and the persona and everything yeah because yeah. last week i was using the vision pro that sam and i broke and i picked up my own vision pro on tuesday it feels like it was so long ago that was less than a week ago i was yeah. at, i like one week ago we were doing dark mode at your place that does that feels like it was so much longer ago to me i don't know why yeah i agree it it does feel like that was more than one week it, literally to the minute ago yeah oh geez okay so it's been a week um okay i have been using this thing quite a bit i have been also demoing it to all of my friends and also random co-workers and like whoever shows up when i happen to be wearing it because this thing turns heads let me tell you if if people see you wearing this thing they are going to come up and like they're going to they might look at it and like smile or they might come up and ask you about it but like this thing turns heads in a way that that nothing else does mhm for sure i mean if you were to go onto a bus or a train go somewhere public with a metaquest 3 people are going to be like what the hell is this guy doing are you like okay you go on there with Apple Vision Pro, dude, people, yes, people are going to look at you weird, but people are like, damn, that guy's fun. Or they're like, is that the new Vision Pro? Or how is it? Like when we were in LA last weekend and we were going out and like everyone was coming up to us like, that's so cool. What is that? Is that Vision Pro? An insane number of people are fascinated by and even know what it is for, for you know, being a pretty niche product. No, that's a good point. So we filmed, uh, you know, I'm not sure if, if everyone saw these videos, but um, Sam and I did a video on the Santa Monica Pier. I think that became a TikTok. And then we did a yeah. video in downtown Hollywood, and that was a video on Sam's channel. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then we also did the TikTok, you and I wearing it at night to go pick up our burgers. And that was a TikTok. Yeah, on that was a launch page. And that one, that, that TikTok popped off. Um, Dude, 9 million views. Oh my God. I can't, yeah, I still can't believe that. It's crazy. crazy. 
people love people love to see it but but yes yeah, so we did a bunch of uh, a bunch of experiences uh, we took them out in public to different places and yeah like everyone everyone noticed them even even if they didn't come up and like talk to us or or ask questions or whatever like if you look around like sam said when we went to santa monica pier he was wearing his vision pro and i was filming so i was mostly focused on looking at the camera and like not hitting people so like i was focused on that but sam said that like every person that was walking by was making eye contact with him he said he was like looking around at the people and they were all looking at him they were all making eye contact it is definitely a thing that turns heads like nothing else mm -hmm. but the real head that matters is the head inside the vision pro and that's what i want to know about wow you're bringing it back there all right all right yeah i'm trying to i'm trying I'm to delay you. the inevitable yep okay go fine. on speak he, okay here's here here are, here are my thoughts it's very cool it's a very cool thing to to like demo and play around with i really like okay so last night i was trying to uh, i was planning a trip and i was sitting on the floor with my laptop in front of me and i will say like you put this thing on you look at the laptop and that little connect button appears floating on top of the laptop and you click for and that's magic that right there is amazing but you click the little mm -hmm. button and it gives you this big screen and when I'm sitting on the floor looking at my 16-inch laptop and I can pop it out into a ginormous uh, monitor in the room, that is very cool. And it's mm -hmm. it's super sharp. It's crystal clear. And there's no input latency. I just use the mouse and keyboard, the trackpad and keyboard, you know, like I'm used to. And there's no latency. It really is so cool. And so I was trying. I had my computer monitor in front of me. And I tried pulling up like a Safari window to the side, you know, so I could look over and, and, and have something else. And it's also really cool when you're using your Mac. What are you doing? I'm trying I'm trying strapless and uh, light sealless Vision Pro. You're raw dogging the Vision Pro. The AirPods Max. I am. I'm raw dogging the Vision Pro. Keep going. Sorry, I don't mean oh, to geez. interrupt. Okay, that's okay. When you have when you're using your computer monitor you can actually take the trackpad and and you just and you just move beyond the bounds of your screen and it puts a pointer in the window next to you. I don't know if that makes sense, but if I have if I have Safari and Vision Pro next to the 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 laptop screen and I just move my mouse over there like I'm going over to that window, it just works. And that's actually kind of magical. Like it, it's mm -hmm. a really cool experience. The pinching and dragging to move things around is really cool. It's rock solid stability. You can get up and walk around in your window, stay right where there, or whatever. I'm I'm still delaying the inevitable. Here's the thing. It is uncomfortable for me. It is very unfortunate. Mm -hmm. I know that it's it's not as much a problem for you, and I still need to try. I need to try the the other strap. I have the default one because it looks really cool and it feels comfortable. I love that look. But I need to try the other strap, and I will also try the other light seal cushion because I think you said that it's more comfortable or more cushiony or something. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like here. Wait, I have both of them readily accessible. I can show you. Okay. So this is the standard one, which mm -hmm. you can see is. I mean, honestly, it's not that bad. But take a look at the squishy one. Do you see how much thicker that is? Oh, yeah. It's a lot thicker. 
Yeah. So I actually have not tried it yet, but it is significantly squishier. And yeah, I'm going to try it on. I'm putting it on now, so I will, I'll get back to you, but I definitely encourage you to try that. Okay, so I'm going to give those both a try and, and, and see how that does. But it is very – so it's very heavy on on my face. I'm, I guess I won't put mm-hmm. it on right now. But when I'm wearing it like this, it's very heavy uh, like like on my face. It kind of bothers my neck a bit. But the, the big thing – and maybe I'm wearing it wrong or something. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on my forehead from like the top part of this. And then the bottom part, it's like not – enough so it feels it feels like the 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 thing is like facing like downward a bit if that makes sense like it's going into my forehead and Hmm. it's not going in down here so it's like i wish i could like push it up like this if that makes sense interesting but but it just it just feels like it doesn't quite fit my face right and so those things combined just make it a bit uncomfortable to wear i definitely know what you mean i mean when i put it on i've taken the light seal off so i can show you Oh, oh this looks weird. <laughs> I like this. Yeah, so it usually sits about like this for me. And so most of the contact patch is right up here. Now, there's not a ton on the cheekbones. But I... So I've had mixed thoughts about this. However, I uh, I tried on Sam's, which has a different light seal than mine. Mm-hmm. And... That one was was putting a lot of pressure on my cheekbones, less on my forehead. And I I would rather have the pressure on the forehead than the cheekbones. Because what I found is the cheekbones, it's like it pulls your eyes open. So you're kind of drying your eyes out. Mm. And it's like, uh, like also when you make facial expressions like this, you know, oh, ee, you move it. If the weight is on your cheekbones and, and like the the sort of sticky outy point of your cheeks, then when you're smiling, then you can feel the headset moving around on your face. And so I'm not the biggest fan of that. I I think having it on my forehead while I'm comfortable is, is better than having it on my cheekbones personally. That's that's fair. I think I think what it is, so part of it is the fact and I love – I never th- thought about this, that you could do this and fit. Because people are <laughs> yeah. always like, oh, are my glasses going to fit on the Vision Pro? And I'm like, well, you can try, but this is easy. I'm like, here, just put it on and see if your glasses fit in here. This is such a good idea. And it doesn't look goofy at all. It looks very – No, I no. I might just walk around like, look at this. Here we go. I could just oh, walk around yeah. like this. I'm good to you go. You see that Vision Pro light seal? You wear it out in public. Yes, you do. <laughs> um, <laughs> How did okay, you get it to here's, stay? Here's the – well, I got it. It's, it's on my glasses. It's on oh, the fair. frames. Um, so the the other thing. So part of it is it feels like it feels like it's almost coming. I can't really show this very well, but it almost feels like it's coming off of the bottom a little bit because it's too much. Hmm. And I think the problem is that when I'm wearing it like this, the screen doesn't feel like it's centered in my field of view. I don't know how to describe it, but it feels like when I'm wearing the thing, I'm like I'm trying to adjust it to like I don't know if it's if it's being centered in my field of view or if it's at like a slight angle or something, but I keep 
but but when it's like this where it's really pressing into my forehead and less down here it feels like the it's not like properly aligned and so i'm always like hmm. fidgeting with it or I, like i end up tightening the strap really tight which also doesn't help but it's just like something about the fit maybe i'm doing that it wrong weird. or something but something about it just doesn't quite work for me that is interesting i don't know what could be the problem there to be honest mm -hmm. uh i mean it does sound like maybe your light seal is the wrong size it might be have and, you and tried going to like because I, I i honestly think that mine fits pretty well but i'm still planning this week on going in to the apple store and, and seeing if i can just try on other sizes because I, I got a couple comments from people where they were like, yeah, I thought that my fit was good, but I went in anyway. And uh, a lot of people said actually that trying a different light seal improved their FOV. Mm. So that's mainly what I want to try because I definitely find the FOV to be a bit limited. Yeah, that's another, another you know, another potential issue i feel like okay when i picked mine up i did the fit test and i think this one was the original one like the one that i scanned in the apple store app is the one that i ended up leaving with but when i put it mm. on obviously it was a very short like i put it on there like okay how does it feel like you have you know 10 seconds with it but the thing that i complained yeah. about was that there was light getting in through the nose which i know they all do that but it kind of breaks the immersion a little bit. So that was the thing that I complained about. And so they gave me a couple of different sizes and I feel like the other ones that I tried were worse. But maybe if I go in and I say, it's not the nose that the, that's the issue, it's something else, maybe they'll give me different sizes. I will say, I'm, and I guess this is what you're getting at, is I may or may not end up returning this thing. Uh, but if I, but I will give it a, a fair shot before I make that decision. So I'll go back in and try different light seals before I decide. Yeah. Now look, here's, here's the thing. I don't want to, I don't want to mistake it here. Like I'm not just saying, I'm not just going to blindly be like, Oh dude, what the hell you have to keep it. Uh, because I, I don't think it's worth the money. Okay. Um, I don't think it's overpriced but I don't think it's worth the money, which is a weird statement, right? Because, you know, at $3,500, it is easily the most expensive headset, but it is undeniably the most impressive and most advanced headset ever made, right? The screens alone are ridiculous. Nothing else comes close to that quality. The, the black levels, the pixel density, the foveated rendering. There's an entire M2 MacBook on your face. That's insane. The motion tracking, the cameras, the, the gestures, the eye tracking. It's all just crazy, crazy stuff. And Vision OS is really impressive. However... While I don't think it's overpriced for how advanced it is right now, I don't think that it has as much... I don't think that there's enough for me to do with it to personally justify $3,500. Now, I'm keeping it because 
it's been one week, right? I don't know what Vision OS 2 is going to be. I don't know what what apps are going to come out. And I'm going to be like, oh, maybe I haven't used it in a week, but I just heard that there's this cool new app that I want to try. There's a whole bunch of games on it in Apple Arcade that I was that we tested out and I was actually like, okay, you know what? This is kind of cool. I mean, I'm not really... I don't play games that often, so I kind of have to... It's not something that I'm like actively searching for, but they are really, really cool. And I can just sit on my couch and play a little puzzle game. So like this, there's a bunch of things that I want to just get familiar with, none of which can justify the price. And I think that's the problem for most people. Yeah, and that's definitely the problem for me. I think the main thing, so I think it's a really cool, it's a really cool piece of technology, first of all. Like, and because I've shown it to a lot of people. I've shown it to at least a dozen people, maybe two dozen people in the past like week or less than a week because everyone wants to see it, right? So I've shown it to a lot of people and they're always amazed. Even the first thing, right? When you put the thing on and you look at your hands and then you look at the dots and you pinch your, you pinch together to, to set up the eye mm-hmm. tracking. Like that alone. And and the, fu- the funny thing there is... Um, People have the the like uh, inclination or like the um, whatever like wh- when they put it on they're always like oh I'm gonna reach out and I'm gonna pinch all the dots and I always tell them I'm like you don't have to do that you can put your arm down at your side and you just look at them and and every time I say that they don't do that they just keep doing this and they keep moving around and pinching I think it's so funny um, but what it's their first yeah. time so they don't know but um, but but idiots. <laughs> Well, just kidding. I mean, you said it. I mean, yeah, it's you have to train your mind to be like, oh, I don't need to go out and touch it. It looks so real and physical that your mind is instinctively like, oh, that's a real thing. Let me reach out for it. Exactly. But then once I tell them and I'll tell them again, I'll be like, look, try putting your hand in your lap or put it at your side or whatever. And and just just look with your eyes. And when I tell them that and they do it, they always smile and they're like, oh, wow, that's so cool. Like like that's when it clicks, when it's like I think they don't quite realize that it's doing the eye tracking. But when I tell them that and they realize they're like, oh, it knows where I'm looking and it and it and it works based off of where I'm looking like that's a moment. And that happens during the setup process for the, you know, the person trying Mm. it out. And even just in that moment, like, it's already like a, wow, this is so cool before they even get into the system. And it's like for like for that. And then obviously all the other stuff that they try beyond that, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a really cool piece of technology to try. And it's really fun to give demos and see people experience that and like be so amazed by it. Yeah, no, that is, I think that setting aside the issues of weight or what you can actually do on it, which we'll talk about a little bit, I think just from a purely wow factor, like how does this exist like perspective, this is probably the most like amazing thing that a lot of people have seen technology-wise. Like, I know the people that I have showed it to have been like, oh, this is like nothing I've experienced before. You know, I think at this point we are so used to like, oh, I got a new laptop. It's faster. 
and it looks nicer and the screen's really sharp or, oh, I got a new phone, the camera takes really good pictures, the battery life is better. Like we're so used to these incremental updates where it's the same basic experience, but improved that when you go to Vision Pro and it is truly a new experience, one that is so different that your brain has to try to understand it. That is what's so amazing about Vision Pro. And I think it's a fundamentally flawed product, but the novelty of it, I applaud. Yeah, definitely like, you know, there's there's that like aha moment of like, you know, put your hand down and just look at everything. And then and then the next thing I'm like, okay, hit the hit the digital crown to go to the home page. And they're like, oh wow, I see all the apps. And then people will be like, okay, how do you scroll? And I say, look, you pinch your fingers and you just scroll in midair and they do it They're like wow that's so cool and then you know whatever move the window on and i say you know push the window back okay move the window towards you and reach out and use it like an ipad like all of these little things that are like they're they're like these little things and it's like of course right it's like it's like there's, there's this physical window in your room if you if you move it up to you why can't you just reach out and touch it like of course that's gonna work but like yeah imagine all like all the work that went into making that be able to happen is like you know it's 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 crazy and i think that's what it is is when people see it and they're like you know it's the the fact that it's so natural it's not like oh how do you scroll oh pick up your controller and press the the left and right button to scroll it's like oh you just scroll and it just works and and then just like look at it just work and move it exactly and that's i think that's what's so cool about it beyond it's it's the fact that it's like a new thing a new paradigm or whatever a new class of device but the the fact that it just works how you think it should work or how you would want it to work and and Mm -hmm. and so well at that like that's the part that i think really you know blows people's minds and i think so here's my other theory about vision pro Mm -hmm. and i think it's something that really only apple could pull off because for we've now been we've now been in the VR space for about 10 years, right? You go back to the original Oculus Rift, I think it came out in 2013. The the R1 DTK or whatever it was. Sounds something around there, yeah. So this this is no longer a new technology, but when you look at the advancements that have been made and when you go back and you watch other discussions of VR headsets, it definitely gives you some context. Like, I don't know about you, but at least for me, this was a relatively early introduction to VR because I haven't really been that interested in VR from a gaming perspective. Like, it's always been something that I looked at as like kind of cool, but whenever I've tried it, my head hurts and you can see pixels and it's just not been a really fun experience for me. So I've never really come back to it. But when you look at the reviews of, of other VR headsets, you start to realize, Oh, what Apple did here is actually pretty crazy. Like MetaQuest three is, is one of the very early products to get color pass through video. Most pass through video has been in black and white or, really really bad quality like i've used 
some uh my friend has an older generation meta quest something or other. I don't remember which one. It might actually be an Oculus. This is like years ago at this point. And I remember trying the pass through. This is, you know, when you had to have like your your different devices to set up your field of like where it could be. And, you know, the pass through would go on and it was like black and white, super grainy, could barely make anything out. We've really come a long way. And the theory that I have as to how they've done this is that Apple was not concerned about the price point. That simply wasn't a factor in this. This is very clearly a product that was designed to be as much tech that they could fit into something that could realistically be worn within the bounds of current technology. Like, this is not a product that's designed to be the best $500 headset. This is not supposed to be the best $1,000 headset and maybe hopefully people will buy it if it's that expensive. This is just, we want to build the most advanced headset. That's it. End of discussion. And what that allows you to do is instantaneously create a Halo product. Within a week of this thing coming out, you know, we're wearing it around in public and people know what it is. They go, is that the Apple Vision Pro? Do you like it? Is it worth it? What's it like? You generate way more interest as a company like Apple that already has a lot of pull. And and they didn't say like, hey, we developed like kind of cool something that's like, you know, a thousand dollars but it doesn't do that much and it's not as impressive and it doesn't have mini micro LED and like by by taking the route that they've taken, they created a product that is insanely impressive and aspirational and people might not buy it now, but they know about it and that's what really matters. By the time they can afford it, this is gonna, by the time reasonable people not just weirdos and tech reviewers like me. You're calling me a weirdo? By the time they can actually get this. Yes, I am. Yes, you are a weirdo. Sorry. A little bit, maybe. Yeah. I mean, everyone that bought Vision Pro is to some degree a bit of a weirdo. But by the time that normal people look at this and say, hey, I, I might actually get one. It is going to be so much better. I completely agree with you. Um, I think, you know, one of the things that, that has been said about Apple is that they're oftentimes not the first person to the party, but but they when they get there, they do it right. And mm-hmm. I feel like that also applies here. Like, obviously, Apple, there, there are things in the Vision Pro that, that aren't on other headsets, or at least they're not done nearly as well on other headsets. But as far as, like, headsets, there are plenty of other headsets that, exist and have existed apple is you know i'm not saying they're late to the game but like they're not early to the game by any means but they show up and i completely agree i don't think it was really about the price it was about doing the best possible thing and then they can worry about the price after they're like let's let's do it right because i feel like that's the thing with with apple you know two things one they only have one shot to make a first impression 
if this is really going to be oh thumbs up okay um <laughs> this is uh they have one shot to make a first impression if if this is going to be their next major let me restart my camera if this is going to be their their major uh uh product category that might eventually replace the iPad or the iPhone, whatever, eventually, a long time. But if, if they're really putting all of their, uh, putting a lot of eggs in this basket, then they want to make a good first impression, right? So that's that's a big thing. Um, but also I feel like Apple, when they release something, they want it to be very polished and they want to really do it right. And so I agree, part of it was the time they've been working on this thing. They've had patents for this thing since before the first iPhone came out. They've been working on it for a long time, uh, but I feel like it was they had enough of the technology there, and they were able to get the price down enough. Like imagine if they launched this a couple of years ago and it was five thousand, six thousand, ten thousand dollars. I don't know. They managed to get the price mm -hmm. down enough, but that wasn't the focus. The focus wasn't on the price. They said, okay, it's it's enough. Let's release this thing, and then it's gonna get less expensive later. But we want to put the best thing out, and and so I agree that the price, the price was not their concern with this thing. It will be in the future, but it was not with this one. Yeah, and I think that that's okay. I think that that's okay. I mean, a lot of people have been making fun of it, and honestly, right, rightfully so. But I think it's actually quite similar to Tesla. If you look at it, right? Tesla didn't start in 2012 by making a little economic city hatchback. There's a reason that they didn't do that. And the reason was you need to create a brand value, right? M most brands do this. Like this is not crazy, but it's something that I don't think really is out there in the VR space because the way that it's been talked about so far is you know well vr headsets are an accessory right this is something that people going people are going to be buying this as an accessory so they can't justify spending more than five hundred dollars on something like that right and so what happens then is you're kind of limited by that five hundred dollar price point but when you say, look, we're going to make the best of the best and a product that people are just going to want, they might not actually get it, but they're going to want it. That's what Tesla did with the Model S. That worked tremendously well for them. They did the Model S, then the X, also very expensive, and then the 3 and the Y. They make so much money. They sell so many more 3s and Ys than they do S and X, right? But... The reason that the three does well is because it's a Tesla and it's not, and it's only a Tesla in the, the, the cachet of it's a Tesla is because of the S and the X it's, it's a textbook example of a halo car, right? That's why brands like Acura and Honda, right? They developed the NSX. They're not doing that to make money. They're not going to be selling, you know, they're not shipping all a billion of those at dealerships, but it establishes pedigree, social proof, aspiration. And that's what Vision Pro 
is doing that that just hasn't been done in this space. The closest that we've gotten to it is probably stuff like the MetaQuest Pro and the uh, the big screen, the what's it, what's it called? It's like big screen. I don't know this one. Big screen beyond. That's what it is. What I yeah. I don't know that one. So the the big screen beyond. I can share I can share this tab. This is one that I do want to try out actually. Um, cause their, their whole angle was like, just try to make the most advanced and the smallest headset that, that you can. That's been kind of their goal. So this is what it looks like. It's the smallest VR headset with OLED displays and, uh, pancake lenses, which also are what are used in vision pro. And obviously it does have controllers, but I mean, look at the look at the size of it. Look at the weight, 127 grams compared to I think 600 for Vision Pro. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is. It's pretty high res, 5120 by 2560. I believe that's 2560 would be per eye. So the 51. This isn't per eye. That's for both. Um. But. Yeah, this is this is one of the best VR headsets out there. I don't actually know how much it costs. Okay, yeah, it's a thousand bucks. God, the I hate that there's thirty six month financing on a VR headset. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, it doesn't look as cool as Vision Pro, but it's pretty it's cool. Kind of cool. Looks pretty cool. Yeah, and this it, is one like, look, you have to you have to get it. Uh, they reach out to you directly for a three D face scan to measure the shape of your face in IPD, and then they ship the headset to you. Like this is ships April twenty twenty four. This is not a volume product, even less so than Vision Pro. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Vision Pro is definitely the halo car of of headsets. It's like when the the Someone was talking about the Apple Watch. Uh, There's a, a comment. The Apple Watch didn't have a real purpose to exist for a few generations. And I agree. Like, the 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 one thing was it made me think of the Apple Watch edition, the, like, $18,000 gold Apple Watch. And that was, like, it was, again, a similar idea. Like, Apple didn't make it to sell a bunch of those. They made it to, like, give those to celebrities so that celebrities would be seen wearing the Apple Watch, and then you know that would create. So it was a very similar idea uh, there in terms of like making this aspirational product that like people will see and, and they'll want. And they're not going to get the gold one. They're not going to pay eighteen thousand dollars. <sighs> Imagine paying eighteen thousand dollars for a first generation Apple Watch. I but know, like, dude. But they'll get they'll get the cheaper one, and they'll say like, "Oh, this is so cool! I want one like that." And they'll get the cheaper one. So so it's like it's like that. But then also. And this is kind of changing the subject, so you can you can go back if you want. But the no. thing, like, you know, the Apple Watch didn't have a purpose for a few generations. I feel like this, I'm not saying it doesn't have a purpose, but it is kind of feeling like that to me too a little bit. That's my concern. Interesting. I will say, even if you're right, the Apple Watch as a concept is still with us. So like there, like 
yeah, the $18,000 Apple Watch is definitely a good example of like, you know, you, you try some stuff, but it's not always going to stick. It's a first gen product. And I mean, we, we bought into it knowing that. So I don't know. In some ways, I definitely can see how I think we're going to look back on this and be like, dang, I can't believe that's where it started. But I don't know where we're going to go. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. I keep thinking about like the iPhone, the original, the original iPhone that came out. It didn't, you couldn't install apps on it. You couldn't rearrange the apps on the home screen, which you can't do with the vision pro, which I think is kind of funny. Um, yep. you know, a nice, a nice little parallel there. It was really a, you know, I mean, you could, you could text, you could, you could go on Safari which was not a very great experience because obviously a lot of websites weren't really optimized for it. You could, and it really, it really is the same. It's like, you know, using Safari on vision pro, it works pretty well, but their websites aren't optimized for it. And if there's anything where it's like a, anything that involves like hovering, especially like video players, like whatever, it's very easy to, to get messed up in that. So it's very much like the original iPhone and it's like, okay, the iPhone, you could text and you can make phone calls and you could, look at maps and the maps was very basic on the original iPhone. And just like here where it's literally an iPad app, it's not optimized for it, whatever. There are so many parallels to the original iPhone that I think is, is really interesting. But then even beyond that, it's like take the original iPhone versus the iPhone four insane right. difference, huge leap. And then that makes me think, do I want to have a $3,000, $3,500 iPhone 2G, or if I wait for the iPhone 4 of Vision Pro, you know, then it'll really be, it'll really be good, you know? Yeah, I think that's, that's one of the biggest things that I've seen in comment section is Vision Pro 3 and 4 are going to be crazy. And I think that's absolutely right. I mean, we've been saying that all along, right? Even before it came out, we were like, this is where it's going to start. But wait till, wait till three, four years of this thing. And to be clear, I don't know if, if three or four generations are going to take three or four years. It's quite possible. I mean, it's quite possible that this is going to be a longer cycle. It might be five years before we get to the third version of Vision Pro, for all I know. But... I feel like with with Apple getting into this space, it kind of reminds me of the Apple Watch where like you you don't really have time to rest on your laurels, especially with a first gen thing. I mean, the iPad was another one of those things where it came out and then almost immediately got completely revolutionized. Look at the iPad first gen versus I mean, I guess you said the iPad the the iPhone 4 the equivalent to that would be the iPad Air. Mm -hmm. Think about that. That was uh, actually it was even less time. 2010 original iPad. 2013, I think, is when the iPad Air came out. Dude, that's insane. The iPad Air is a design that you can still buy. <laughs> you can still buy that design language versus the original iPad, which feels like an antique. I know that they're three years apart. Yeah, exactly. And so that's what I'm saying. The the, the problem or, or the difference here is that this mm -hmm. thing is $3,500. Yeah. 
And even if yes. even if the next one is less expensive, I don't know. I don't think Apple is. I'm not. I'm not sure what Apple is going to do. This is a whole other topic. Are they going to focus on getting the price down, or are they going to focus on making it better for the same price? That's a whole other thing. We can get to that in a minute. But but I want to say. Uh, when when I if you have a thirty five hundred dollar headset and in a year or two years or even three years another one comes out and let's say it's also thirty five hundred dollars or it's three thousand dollars or whatever it is it's a lot harder and I get that you can like try and sell your current one and get some of the money whatever but like it, it's more it it just it's just a bit harder to justify mm-hmm. so I'm almost like if I return this yeah. I'm excited about the future of this thing, but but if I keep this one, I'm going to have a hard time getting myself, like convincing myself and feeling good about getting another one in a couple of years. That's that's the thing for me. I see that. I I, I definitely get that. I feel like from our perspective, with where we are in in technology media more so even than using it like for me it's obviously easy to justify because it's all it's all work yeah and i think even for you you're interested enough and you know passionate enough about it that like you could probably i could see you justifying vision pro 3 if you keep this one but that's a good point of like if it's not ready yet Free yourself up so that as soon as Vision Pro 2 comes out, boom, you snap it up. Um, and that actually brings up a good point that I was going to mention next. So great segue. Thank you. If Apple wants to follow their track record, right? The Apple Watch, the iPhone, the iPad, all of these got very quick second generations and very improved second generations, I might add. Same with the third gen and the fourth gen. What I what I see as a key difference to your point is, yeah, it's $3,500, which means that the target audience for Vision Pro 2 are going to be existing Vision Pro customers. And how many of those people are really going to be willing to say, hey, I bought this for $3,500 a year ago, and now this second generation has come out that's so much better that I have to have it. So there's another $3,500 and the resale value of my Vision Pro 1 is now, let's be honest, probably not that high because it's a first generation product that has a much better second gen version of it. Yep. So I do wonder, on the one hand, it seems like it would be smart for Apple to really keep this going and, and try to push it as far as they can. But on the other hand, I think they might have to take a slower approach. Uh, I don't know. I really don't know what they're going to do. I personally feel like maybe in a year they should do a less expensive version. So keep Vision Pro, have a somewhat reduced I don't know what you would take out of it because honestly, I feel like you'd lose functionality pretty quickly. But let's say like, I don't know, maybe they maybe they remove less build quality, uh, no speakers in it. I don't know, something. It it sounds like it wouldn't be that compelling, but 
some less expensive model next year, and then the year after that, Vision Pro 2. I don't know, but then that sounds like a long time to have Vision Pro with this hardware unchanged. I have no idea what they're going to do, quite frankly, but I do have a theory that I want to run by you. Okay. So, you know how we've been saying that, like, this current iteration, big headset, big light seal that goes on it, and then you've got your strap. Like, this is a bit. This is a bit much. This is not getting to a point where people are going to go out in public with the wire hanging off of it. Like, the end goal is glasses that you put on. Yeah. I think that's pretty clear. So my theory is you take vision as a concept, as a product category, and you fork it into two different form factors. You've got a spatial computer headset, and you've got a spatial accessory. Think Apple Watch for the face. Mm. And that is where I start to think, okay, this, this might go somewhere. Because what are we gaining from Vision Pro? Not just, you know, a computer on your face. We're gaining a crap ton of sensors, motion tracking, pupil tracking, optic ID, gestures with your hands. All of those are are things that I think Apple can take and apply elsewhere. So what I would envision is... No M2, no no uh, pass-through cameras. You would need you would need some sort of translucent display, right? So that's the big hurdle for this. But a pair of glasses with, let's be honest, an Apple Watch, like an S9 chip, and a battery like this. You know, you're not going to fit an M2 on a pair of glasses, but an Apple Watch seems a little bit more doable. So. We get some batteries and an S9 chip on your face with probably one or two cameras so that you can capture video, POV video. That would be very useful. And translucent display with those optic ID sensors. Maybe a more limited version of them, right? Maybe you can just look and tap instead of having that perfect eye tracking. But... I could see the technology from Vision Pro getting squeezed down into something that you can actually wear on your face and use every day for Apple Watch type of things. Fitness tracking, notifications, checking the weather, widgets, stuff like that that float around you. That sounds like a pretty interesting product to me, and I hope that we can see that one day. I think that's a really interesting way to think about it because we've been thinking like you know the current vision pro is really big and it's very big bulky heavy it has the wire hanging down whatever and i think we were thinking you know eventually this thing is going to get miniaturized down into something that looks like glasses and then it'll get to that point but i feel like what you're saying is almost sort of like a shortcut or it's or maybe not a shortcut but it, yeah. but it but it is really a different thing it's like it's like you think about the apple watch and the apple watch is very clearly not an iphone it is not as powerful as an iphone you cannot play 
compelling games on your Apple Watch. You can play like little word games or whatever, but you're not going to play games on your Apple Watch. You're going to have it's designed for, you know, short interactions, you know, very quick experiences, whatever. But it works as a companion to your iPhone. It, 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 the Apple Watch is basically just a a less powerful version of an iPhone that is meant for, you know, less power, less intensive tasks, less involved tasks. And I feel like if there were a vision equivalent of that, that would actually be really cool. So it's not like, oh, let's take this thing that has, you know, a full M series chip and the coprocessor and, and all this other stuff and whatever, and, and wait for that to get miniaturized, which will take a long time. Let's, let's skip that, go for the, the less powerful version. But I think it would still be compelling. If you can still have those windows around you and you can do basic things, if you can do like AR navigation with maps and you can, you know, pull up your, your little windows, like look in Safari or pull up a stopwatch or watch a YouTube video while you're, yep. you know, doing whatever you're doing. I think you can get a lot of the value of the Vision Pro. Maybe you can't watch movies in a virtual theater or, or it won't be a very good experience or like those kinds of things, but you can get still a lot of the value and the price would come down and the form factor would be a lot better. So I think that's a really interesting like idea of how to sort of shortcut or, or at least get to that, that state quicker. Yeah. And and I think realistically, that's the only way that, 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 that goes forward. Um, I mean, if we're talking about getting a, a full vision OS onto a pair of glasses, battery and all, that just sounds like a pipe dream to me. Like, I, I think that's so far off. It's not really, worth thinking about but i think apple knows that vision as a concept is a really good one as sharon in chat points out here the vision pro will cannibalize the ipad before the iphone i think that's very true i think it's unlikely that people are going to be replacing their iphones and honestly the iphone makes apple so much money they don't want that to happen like I know a lot of people are like, this is this is the next iPhone. Apple would much rather you have an iPhone and an iPad and a MacBook and an Apple Watch and a Vision Pro. They don't want anything replacing itself. They're not trying to replace their own product categories. They did that with the iPad, iPod, sorry. That was a that was an exception. I don't think they want to do that again. Because I think they saw, okay, MP3 players, sure, great, but we can really reach people with a phone because they knew that people already had a phone. I think this is different than that. I don't think they want to replace the phone, but having a pair of glasses, you have to imagine they are working on that. I would imagine that they've been working on transparent displays at the same time that they've been doing the headset route. I would imagine you know, they said that they've been working on this for something like eight years since the Intel days. You have to imagine that there were two camps. One saying, look, we want to do AR legit, projecting on the world, transparent, no cameras, no pass-throughs. And one team saying, look, let's be realistic. We need pass-throughs. We don't have transparent displays yet. And if we did, we couldn't do all of the same stuff that you want to do on them. So we don't have 
we have to put so many sensors and cameras in it anyway that it's not really going to be much <laughs> you're not going to be seeing through very much but a pair of glasses i could see that within the next 5 years maybe that seems like a reasonable expectation for like getting the technology shrunken and affordable enough to do that yeah i i definitely agree and i would love to see you know the the glasses form factor or even even the main problem i have with this form factor is really just the weight and the and the uncomfort uh you know that it causes so i feel like that's right you know whatever whatever they can do to, to get that down there was a a super chat before that brought up a pretty interesting question uh, if you're able to find it yeah let me let me find that here it is I think it depends on how much they can improve through software updates versus new hardware iterations. I think that's a great point, right? I I would say, actually, that's a good question, Noah. Would you say that Vision Pro currently is limited more by software or hardware? Personally, I, I mean, I think the easy answer is hardware. And that that's what I would mm -hmm. think. I think between the pass-through video which is pretty grainy and not super great. And it's fine. I think it's fine for because if you're focusing on the screens, the virtual screens that are super high resolution, you kind of don't worry about it. But like it's it's never going to be, you know, not not that you would wear this outside, but like walking outside, walking around, whatever, like it, it's very clearly, you know, nowhere near that because of the pass through. The, the pass through is a big one. And you know aside from like the actual hardware like the chips or whatever just like the physical like how big it is and stuff like those are pretty big limitations i feel like as far yeah. as the software is concerned there's definitely room for it to improve but i think that that's that's the question and that's sort of like something that you that you said because i told you i'm thinking about returning the vision pro and you were like just wait for vision os 2 it's going to be whatever and i'm sure it's going to be like some nice improvements but like it really is the question of how much can they do with this before they push this one to its limits and they need right better hardware yeah no that's a good point i think i maybe even flipped i was going to say software but now i think it is hardware that's the biggest limitation because I'll be honest, I don't think there's a ton of stuff you can do in Vision OS. But I would almost say that the bigger limitation is just that you're putting on a big bulky headset with not great video pass-through. And I feel bad saying that because it is the best video pass-through that there is. It just is. But it's still not good enough to be a spatial computer. Right, I think when you look at other headsets like the MetaQuest Pro, yes, that has very good uh, pass-through video, but that's also a $1,000 product, and it's also kind of VR, kind of AR. Apple is arguing, hey, this is a spatial computer, it's AR, only in very limited situations are you getting that VR experience. And so, if it is going to be AR, they need better cameras, they need to fix that motion blur thing, they need better FOV, and they need it to be lighter. 
You fix those four things. And honestly, even with the software you have right now, I think I would find myself using it more. I I agree. And I, and, and I will say to be clear, there are there is room for the software to improve some of the things. Oh, for sure. I've found that the gestures are, are oftentimes very good, but, but they do have trouble. I've noticed a lot when I like pinch to scroll or pinch to tap or whatever, I guess maybe I'm not moving my fingers apart enough, but it thinks that I'm like, so I'll pinch and I'll kind of open my fingers a bit. And, and I think that I've opened my fingers, but the Vision mm-hmm. Pro thinks that I'm still pressing. And so I'll start like dragging something around or like scrolling when I didn't mean to. And things like that, it's really frustrating. And sometimes they're like, oh, I'll like accidentally click on something. It'll open in a new tab. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's like, it's doing all this stuff. Like just, just stop, stop doing this. Like it's very mm-hmm. frustrating when that happens because then you have to be like, okay, I'm going to open my hands. I'm going to pause for a second. Okay, I'm going to look here. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do this. And you have to, you're like very, you're like, okay, I'm going to calm down and show But it, it, it can get very frustrating when, when the motion tracking goes bad. And it's usually good, but oftentimes yeah. I have issues with it. Yeah, no, I, I, I've definitely experienced that too with like, I'm looking at something, but it's not, if it's like too small, it can be hard to like act, accurately get it. I've also had that thing where I'm like, if my hand is down on my side and I'm like just doing it casually, it, I think partially because it's so effortless that I'm not thinking about like big hand, pinch, scroll, open, scroll. It's so natural that I'm like kind of instinctively doing very subtle motions and then I confuse it and I think I've let go of a window, move my hand down and the window goes down. I'm like, no, that's not what I meant. Oh, I popped it out into a new tab. I didn't mean to do that. I didn't, I didn't try to hold it. I let go. Those things... Honestly, I'm trying to not think about them too much, though, because very easily addressed in software. So I'm not going to judge the product based on the week one software bugs. Now, as this keeps on going and we start to get more updates, yes, that will become a bigger deal. And as far as, you know, it being worth the money, yeah, for sure. I do... I do think that they can improve it in the software, but at the end of the day, when it's cameras that are looking at your fingers, it's already very impressive how good it is. But at the end Mm -hmm. of the day, it's not going to be perfect. And there are some times when I'm like, I'm, you know, maybe my hands behind my head or like, or it's off to the side and I do it and it's not working. I'm like, Oh wait, my hands not in view of the camera. So yeah. it's so natural that you just think you're doing it, but you're like, Oh wait, the, the thing can't see. Or I'm like, Oh, I'm like, my hand is rotated or it's like on the side. So that's why it's confused because it can't see my hand very well, but it's like, you know what I it's mean? It's so like, natural I, that you yeah. expect it to be able to do more than it actually can. Yeah, exactly. Because it just and, and I feels think, so I've done that too. I'm like looking yeah. over here and I have my hand over here and I'm like, why am I not scrolling? Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That's not really a flaw with the product. It's that my brain has gotten so used to just look at what I want and touch my hands together that I totally forget about the fact that there's an insane amount of technology blasting into my eyeballs and staring at my hands all day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and I think that definitely it can improve through software, whatever like algorithm or model they're using to to detect the the gestures and whatever can be refined and improved and and it'll get better, but I think there is a limit to how good 
it can get and i think the limit is high enough that it's that it's Mm -hmm. fine but like i don't know that's the main thing i feel like sometimes the gestures sometimes the eye tracking especially in safari i feel like there are sometimes where i will be staring at a button and it refuses to highlight that button maybe it's just a bug on the page or a bug with safari whatever but just there are there are definitely software frustrations with the vision pro but i feel like i'm willing to overcome the software frustrations and i'll say oh this didn't work okay let me bring it up to me and and just press it or i'll say oh let me try it again versus the hardware is more like i'll try to deal with it but eventually it'll just bother me too much and i'll say okay i need to take a break from this thing yeah no i mean it's it's tough it is tough it's gonna take us a it's gonna take us a bit to get used to it um, I, I'm very curious to see where we'll be at next week. If you'll still have it, if I'll still be using it as much as I am now, there is a lot to talk about, but we surprisingly actually went a little over time today cause we started a bit early, but here we are finishing right on time. So yeah, I mean, dude, this topic, honestly, I'm surprised that people stuck around because I, I I'm sure you and I could sit here for three hours and just talk about what we like, what we don't like, where the future is, what what we would want, what we don't like. My goodness, it's just the most exciting Apple product launch, good and bad. Yeah, and like to be clear, whether or not I return this thing, I'm very impressed by it and I'm very excited for the future. It really is just that first gen I returned mm-hmm. the first gen Apple Watch. I returned the AirPods Max. I've returned first gen products before. And it's not about the product itself. It's just that first generation, give it some time. So just to be clear, I, I, I am very impressed by this thing. But but yes, we will see. Uh, we'll see what happens next uh, next week. Indeed, indeed. But until then, I have been your host, Luke Miani. And I have been your host, Noah Rubin. We will see you next week, and have a great night. Farewell.